0: Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure
1: to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. There's not a lot of natives that get sent to that mission just because there's not a lot of natives in general. And so they kind of associate us with America or white people, which sometimes there can be a problem there. But for the most part, they actually were really friendly. Like you go over to their house. There's a, you know, Shamaz in there making uh, fried bread and, you know, give it to us and or they'd give us some soda or whatnot and stuff like that. So they're most, mostly pretty friendly. Hey guys, welcome back
0: to Saints Unscripted. I'm Jackson and here I'm with... Caitlin. And our awesome guest today, Christopher. And he's going to share us about his story, uh, kind of his conversion, if you will, and his... Really unique perspective, especially with uh, things you encountered before your mission and where you served, and how that kind of impacted you spiritually and where it's brought to you right now. I'm um, really excited, it's got really cool things to share with us today. So, I just want to just kind of introduce yourself where you're from, and uh,
1: yeah, I feel a little more special than I am being here because you had some pretty cool people here. But, <laughs> but um, no, I'm from uh, Carson City, Nevada. So, I probably know anyway. We talked yeah, about that. Which is we're, not far. Not
2: a lot of people are from Nevada. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. And
1: yeah. that's why I'm here in Utah. I live in Utah now because there's nothing in Nevada. So I came out here. Um <laughs> it's not all it's Las true. Vegas? It's no. Yeah. No. It, I've oh, wow. actually only been to Vegas once in my life.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, we'd love to just dive into your story. Go sure. ahead and start where you'd like to.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, born into a member home, you know, uh, parents were both also born into the church, I'm um, young, the youngest of four kids, and everything like that. You know, going to growing up, just going to church, normal thing, just how everybody does. Um, but over time, pretty much all six of us, you know, parents, four kids, have kind of everyone seemed to left the church. So currently, just my mom and I are active. And so, my different siblings and my dad are kind of all at different levels of, you know, mm-hmm. not being in the church. But my mom and I still go, and I just grew up just, just going with my mom mostly, um, and my brother. So, yeah, it's just, so just going to church was just a pretty pretty normal thing. And you don't really, as a little kid, you don't really think yeah. about too deep questions. You're yeah, you're
2: just kind of, um, it's part of life. Mm-hmm. Then
1: as as I was like a teenager, I was probably like 13, 14, I was just on, you know, YouTube. And just, I either don't know if I was looking specifically for a church video or... It just came up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, church video, cool." And then you know, you get the side videos <laughs> yep. on there All recommended. <laughs> and I think freaking was,
2: YouTube.
1: I'm pretty sure the first video I saw that was like anti was, I think it was like 50 problems with the Mormon Church. Mm. If you look at Mormonism, I think it's like the first one there. Nice. It's like a super viral viral video, um, and I was just like, you know, <laughs> like, let's see what this is. And then it was just like, oh, people actually have a problem with religion and church and it's specifically our church. And so it really kind of 13 year old. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of rocked my world a little bit. Um, and it just leads down to a path of more, more anti and stuff. And just gets kind of crazy. So when you encountered this, like anti-material for you,
0: did it spark interest on why, why do people have this? Or did it kind of, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if this is, This is, this church is is really what I thought it was.
1: Yeah, pretty much it was like, oh, um, like one one thing they'll say a lot is like, here's the questions they don't want you to ask your Mm -hmm. bishop. Here's what the Mormon church doesn't want you to know. Classic. So it kind of felt like, well, there's this kind of secrecy kind of things I just didn't know. And, you know, I've just been, yeah, what is this, you know? And it was just the fact that there's so many things like, oh, it's not just some random guy out there, but like a lot of people have like, Mm a whole list of things that is wrong with, you know, basically what you were grow, grew up with and raised with, pretty much.
2: From this point, you're 13 and, and to where you served a mission. Where did that change
1: for you? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as I was seeing all the anti-stuff, you know, and it just was bothering me, I could never deny that Heavenly Father loved me and that Jesus Christ loved me. I could never just fully deny that. Now, there's definitely a point where, I don't know if I would have admitted it, and I definitely don't know if I admitted it to myself, but I didn't have a testimony, or it was very, very shaky and rocky. Um, You know, and and how things line up, I I can't quite remember. I didn't keep a journal or anything, Mm -hmm. um, but I know there was definitely a time where I was like, yeah, this stuff just, you know, it's whatever, Joe Smith, you know, making stuff up. Oh, Joe Smith. Yeah. But I kept going to church, and I kept going to seminary too. I was actually homeschooled, and so the only class I had with like other kids was seminary. So I just kept going, you know, because I liked (laughs) it. Your social life. Um, You know, and and I did other things, like I played football and stuff like that. But most of my friends uh, weren't members of the church. You know, the football team, wrestling team that I was on, they weren't members of the church. My best friend at the time wasn't a member of the church. Um, And his family, I spent most of my time probably with them, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And like I said, my family, a lot of my family, especially my extended family have left the church and stuff like that. So so socially, you know, I had friends in the church, but it wasn't like, oh, it's not like I feel like the people here in Utah sometimes feel like, oh, if if I leave the church, you know, socially and culturally, it's 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 so
2: entangled with everything. But there
1: it wasn't like that because, you know, Nevada, it's kind of a weird thing to be a member of the church. And it's a weird thing to be especially Mormon, you know, so it would have been so much easier actually to have just left the church and not stayed active. But for whatever reason, I just felt like, you know, I want to go on a mission. I want to go to the temple. I want to have a family, you know, based on the principles of the gospel. Mm. I don't know why. Like I said, I know, I I feel like Heavenly Father loves me and I'm just going to keep doing it basically. And so kind of my last year of high school was kind of a rough time me, uh, like things were changing. You know, you're just kind of it's kind of an awkward period in life, mm-hmm. and so um, I was kind of almost a little bit depressed. And one day, I just felt like you should go to Efy because I never went to Efy because I always had football practice in the yeah. summer, and so I was just never worked out with my schedule. Um, but I thought, why don't I go? And honestly, it was like the best week of my life. Um, and I was just doing church stuff, you know, yeah, just like lessons EFY. and stuff. Um and it and I was just like it was like a fire was lit under me and I'm like I want to like go and share the gospel <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. Um and it was just amazing. I and I started reading the Book of Mormon every day and I just fell in love with it. I didn't understand probably like eighty percent of it. Um, but I'm like if I'm gonna go on a mission, which now I really want to, I gotta understand this Book of Mormon thing, right? Um, and so I was just so excited. But I still all those questions were still there. All those doubts that I had were pretty much still there. But I just kind of kept. Kept having faith and just and just doing it. And I I definitely gained a testimony before I had those questions answered. And then I started getting into the Bible before I left, because I wanted to be able to answer some of the questions. Because you Mm -hmm. know with anti, you you get like the the atheists coming at you, and then you get the Christians coming at you with their different things. And so it's like you're being attacked on all angles. But so I I was looking at the Bible to answer a lot of those questions, you know, like grace and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatnot. And I'm like, oh, actually, everything we believe is in the Bible. And um we actually follow it a lot better than what people say we do. Mm-hmm. And so and then I fell in love with the Bible and just through that I just loved the scriptures. And as I got into my mission more and more just getting into the scriptures, which just kind of became a passion of mine. So
2: that is so cool. Yeah. And so when you started, you did your mission papers and everything, you got your mission call. Where were you where were you called to serve?
1: I was called to serve on the Neh nation which is very far away, down in the four corners, Utah, New Mexico, <laughs> Colorado, Arizona. So the mission's actually the Farmington, New Mexico mission, which um, is mostly the Navajo reservation and Hopi, Zuni, Apache, and Ute reservations. Um, but the Navajo's the biggest one, most well-known, um, but they refer to themselves as the so it's called the Diné Nation, if you wanna be fancy, but yeah. Oh,
2: cool. So, but yeah, Farmington- I've never heard of, you're the only person I know Mm-hmm. Who has sir- I mean, how big is the mission? Is
1: it? So let's see, the Navajo Nation is about the size of West Virginia. And then wow. that's kind of the, the mission just kind of circles around that. So it's probably, and the Navajo Nation is probably like 60% of it. So maybe like take West Virginia and then add 40% of the, the size to it. Okay. okay. So,
2: and how many missionaries go there? I think roughly. we had
1: like mm, 150 to 180. So it's pretty
2: good size yeah. still,
0: yeah. you're 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 going to like a different country within your country.
1: hmm. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. So on the mission call, it just says the Farmington, New Mexico mission. And my mom was like, what's a farming mission? <laughs> and it was like, no, Farmington, um, which is also funny because we had missionaries from Farmington, Utah, that what, thought yeah. like, what? So but no. yeah, there's
2: two Farmingtons. Yeah, yeah. Farmington,
1: New Mexico. Um, and at first I was like, well, actually, I laughed. Um, because my brother served in Arizona, okay. um, and then I'll share this too really quick. I actually did have a dream that I was going to like go to like, I was like in New Mexico with like Native Americans, and I th- and I woke up and I said, oh. Wow,
2: you had a dream about that? Yeah, I was
1: like, I'm so wow. glad that was a dream because I don't want to go to New Mexico. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and the Lord's like, oh, guess what? So it was funny for a couple of reasons, but then as I started doing research, um somebody said like, yeah, that's where like the, the reservation, there's a lot of reservations down there. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's that's kinda cool. So before I left, I started trying to learn a little bit of Navajo and okay. a little bit about the, the culture and stuff like that. So
2: So was a lot of your mission spent in the reservation? Like do you stay within the reservation or like how does that work?
1: Yeah, so um about half my time is on the on the reservation, half the time is outside of it. So you have, you have some areas that are just fully res, you know, you're going to just be completely, you know, in the res, like uh, like Shiprock or mm-hmm. something, you know, that's just in the reservation. But then you have some areas, they call it checkerboard, um, where there's like that place over there is res, that place is not res. And then...
2: Kind of a mix. Yeah, I had an
1: area like that. And then you have areas that are like Farmington, you're just off the reservation. So,
2: so this is uh, like kind of a cool and unique experience, but what was the... What was the church presence like in your mission? So it's really area? it's really
1: interesting because you do have a few wards, but it's mostly branches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's not a um, super, super like active presence, but actually a huge percentage, more than you would think, are actually members of the church. Because I don't know if you know, but in the 19, like 1950s to about the 80s, really, is they had the Indian placement program mm-hmm. or the Lamanite placement program. That's just what they called it. Um, And they basically, if if a kid was baptized, he could go live with a foster family off the reservation, go to school off the reservation. Um, Those families were members of the church. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those people did that um, because it was a better opportunity for them um, off the reservation. And they, you know, went to church with the family. Some of them like stayed active like their whole life and, and whatnot. And some of them you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, I was Mormon once, and I did the that that placement thing." But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you ask them anything about the church, they'd be like, "I have no idea." So, <laughs> but a lot of those people will want like their grandkids to be baptized. Okay. But they kind of say it's like, "Oh, you're baptized, you're good," and then that's all I have to really worry about. So yeah. you get a lot of that.
2: So is the overall sentiment generally positive slash neutral? For
1: the most part, the they're pretty open. Like, it doesn't they don't really care if you're. Uh, LDS or if you're a Jehovah Witness or you' like you be a Buddhist or something, and they're, they're pretty respectful that something they would say a lot is, well, we all pray to the same God. Mm-hmm. So you know it's all it's all fine. They don't really care too much. Um, there is kind of uh, some tricky things with it because the Native Americans were kind of forced into Christianity mm-hmm. at one point. Um, and it is really sad and a lot of the things that were done was pretty bad. And so sometimes people kind of connect the missionaries to that mm-hmm. um, and they connect us as the you know white people, right? Because most of us are coming from Utah. You know, there's not a lot of natives that get sent to that mission just because there's not a lot of natives in general. And so they kind of associate us with America or white people, which sometimes there can be a problem there. But for the most part, they actually were really friendly. Like you go over to their house. Um, we say, we call them a Shema, which is, which means my mother in Navajo, which is a respectful way of ca- calling, uh, like an elderly woman. So it'd be like, there's a, you know, Shema's in there making, uh, fried bread and, you know, give it to us and, or they'd give us some soda or whatnot and stuff like that. So they're most, mostly pretty friendly. I know before
0: we started filming, you were mentioning how spiritually it seems the um, the Navajo, especially where you, you were at most of the time, it sounds like, um, they're very... Very
1: active spiritually in some mm-hmm. capacity. Yeah. So the times I was off the reservation, you're, you're talking with uh, you know non natives. It's it's a lot of like, well, what does the scripture say? You know, like mm. da 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 da. You know this verse here. Da, da. And the Native Americans aren't so much concerned about that. They're more concerned about like you said, the spiritual things. And so a lot of them will have experiences like you know saying like they have experienced angels or. Um, very spiritual experiences and I believe a lot of them stuff with dreams as well um that they that they experience and so when you teach them stuff like you can know these things are true from from the Holy Spirit and the Spirit will teach you these things. That's not a problem for them at all. They resonate with that. Which you know off the reservations like, no no you have you can't trust your feelings. That's all what what does this what does it <laughs> say, you know? So it's kinda interesting like that. And a lot of them too the fact that we have the Book of Mormon is really important for them I think because it, it's actually a, a record of their ancestors. Now, we don't know exactly yeah, how, how far how,
0: removed.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely migrations mm-hmm. and stuff, and they mixed with other people and stuff. But I, I, I do believe that at least somewhere down the line, they are connected somehow, because um, I know mostly about the Navajo and the Hopi mm-hmm. traditions, and both of them believe in like a, a spiritual world before this world. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe very firmly in an afterlife. Um, I was even reading in like Deuteronomy that talks about you know, you know if, if a dead body is there and you touch it you're unclean. And the Navajos, it's like the same thing. Like they dead bodies, you have to be like purified if you're around it. You have to like leave the house because which I'm like that kind of connects to the law yeah. of Moses. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then the Hopis are specifically like they they know about Christ like for sure. Is it okay if I read something from Wikipedia really quick? Yeah, definitely. I have it pulled up, so it should be quick. But so this is from Wikipedia, which isn't, it's not a church source or anything like that. They're not trying to connect anything here, but it says the true uh, Panawa, or the lost white brother of the Hopi. Most versions have it that the Panawa, or elder brother left from the east at the time of the Hopi entering the fourth world and began their migrations. However, the Hopi say that he will return again at his coming. The wicked will be destroyed, and a new age of peace, the fifth world, will be ushered into the world. As mentioned above, it is said he will bring with him a missing section of a sacred Hopi stone in possession of the fire clan, and that he will come wearing red. Wow. So wearing red. I, mean, I
2: have not heard of that before. Mm-hmm. That is very it's cool. amazing. Very interesting.
1: And do you know what the, the word Hopi actually means? Mm-hmm. It means peaceful people. And so this one I haven't found as much hard evidence on, but people will talk about how their ancestors buried weapons into the earth. And so they will give their their teenage sons like a, a dull bow and arrow to remind them that they are the peaceful people who basically made a covenant not to, to have wars and fight. So, mm.
0: Which, yeah. if you don't know that, there's a story in the Book of Mormon where a tribe of people swore off, off
1: war the rest of their lives so that they could be a peaceful people. So that's incredible. Yeah, and they even have... Uh, kivas, which are very apparently very similar to the, the temple um, ceremony as well. Um, they believe in receiving a new name, which is, you know, in the temple ceremony. Um, and they believe in eternal marriage. A lot of stuff the Hopis believe that Absolutely is connected. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome.
0: So, how has this motivated you to to do what you're doing now and keep on spreading the gospel in the best way you can? Yeah.
1: So I think one thing is when I was on my mission, there was COVID near the end and it was really hard because I felt it kind of felt like you I wasn't able to do missionary work anymore because on the reservation, a lot of people don't have access to uh, Wi-Fi or cellular, you know, cell uh, service. And so there wasn't that chance to really teach people on the Internet or through Zoom or calling um, like they were saying, hey, do that. And it was like. This isn't working here. And so I got kind of depressed because I'm like, man, my mission's kind of been a waste. I feel like I haven't, you know, and it was only like a few months of the mission or that was, it was really like that. Mm-hmm. But I just was feeling sorry for myself. But I had this impression that most of the missionary work I'm going to do in my life, the majority of it is going to be outside of my actual mission call to, you know, Farmington, New Mexico. For now, you know, one thing I'm doing is I, I'm just sharing the, the gospel on social media. I think like a channel like you guys has kind of been inspiring. Um, I actually, the, the faith and belief videos, I found those on my mission, and those really answered a lot of the questions I had. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm, I'm just kind of sharing um, basically what, what, you know, what I believe through the Bible, um, through Instagram. Um, but I just wanted to, in a way, just share people, share it with people, um, you know, how do Latter-day Saints actually read and understand the Bible? So we're just going to... That is awesome. And it was last year I started because I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to do that because we're starting Come, Follow Me. We're starting in the Old Testament. Let's just go through the Bible and just kind of study it together. And, um, you know, my ultimate goal is to have people of faith just kind of come together and learn and talk with one another. Because you got all these people of, of different religions just bickering with each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that a lot on Facebook on my mm-hmm. mission. We just join these like groups, oh, yeah. you know, and then
0: you get attacked.
1: And it's just like the Catholics are yelling at the evangelicals <laughs> who are getting mad at the Baptists or, or whatever. You know? And everyone's getting mad at us. And then everyone's <laughs> mad at us. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, why are we doing this when really faith is under attack in the whole world? Yeah.
2: Totally. Why don't we, we need that unity? You
1: know, as religious people, we don't have to agree on, you know, where they're Nephilim's in Genesis chapter 6, like what that's about, you know. We can argue about that all day, or we can say, Hey, you know, God is real, we need Christ in our life, and we need to live the gospel, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to repent, yeah,
2: defend God, defend the family, all Mm -hmm. those things. Kind of like the people in your mission said, like we Mm -hmm. all believe in the same God,
1: we all believe, we all pray to the same God. Let's be a peaceful people, Mm -hmm. yeah, like the (laughs) Hopis.
2: Thank you, Christopher, so much for sharing with us today um, your experiences on your mission and and before that and after that. We will go ahead. We'll link your Instagram in the description That'd so you guys great. can follow him. And it's a
1: small gathering of people, so yeah, far. yeah. But, well, you know, hey, well, small, small gatherings are gathering gatherings, names. exactly.
2: And we will see you all oh.
1: later.
0: <laughs> oh, go ahead.